Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. Stand up for your country. Secretary of State under Donald Trump, Mike Pompeo, warming up in the bullpen. I can see him. He's throwing a few fastballs. We're going to have him here. Uh, but first, Tyree Nichols buried today a national tragedy, and that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. Memphis, Tennessee. Funeral was delayed a little bit by weather. Vice President Harris was there. Reverend Al Sharpton gave the eulogy. Uh, appropriate for the vice president to attend, no doubt in my mind. Um, Sharpton is another matter. I'm not going to get into that today. <clears throat> but when he eulogizes or shows up, immediately that polarizes the event. Okay. Um, the funeral was held at Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church in North Bellevue, Memphis. So we need some perspective here. I've gone over this on TV and radio a little bit, but I want to reinforce it because it's very important. To demonize or generalize about America policing is dangerous. Not only unfair, but it's dangerous. This is the last line of defense between us, we the people, and criminals who would hurt us. 
So to attack the 800,000 American law enforcement personnel is suicidal. All right. And we must understand that there are bad police. You know, the, I put evil in the population at 15%. 15% of human beings across the world are evil. That's my assessment. I don't think I'm far off. So you would have to apply that to any police agency. So the poor police, the bad police, the evil police are going to cause trouble. But let's look at the stats. All right. Again, 800,000 law enforcement officers on the job today. All right. Um, in 2021, um, let's start with 2022 last year. Put it up on the screen. And for the people listening on the radio, I'll run it down. 1,192 people killed by police. Most of them were armed and dangerous. 2021, 1,147. 2020, 1,155. 19, 1,098. 18, 1,140. Now remember, there are 330 million people in the United States, not counting 15 million undocumented. And those are the numbers. So you can see it's infinitesimal, the people who are killed by police. And again, in that number are criminals shooting at police, trying to hurt police. Now, I, I could break it down further, but it's hard because the um, local police and state police report to the FBI and they distill it and all. But the stats I just gave you are in stone. So you don't demonize the police. However, you got to find out why this happened to Tyree. Why a 29-year-old American with no criminal record, unarmed, working at FedEx, trying to get home after work, is dead. The only way you find that out, the only way, is to deeply interview the five officers involved who themselves committed symbolic suicide. They killed themselves and their families. So there's not one dead here, there are six dead. Because those cops are going to be in jail for decades. But you have to find out why they did it. And the only way to do that is for Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee to assemble maybe three or four individuals all academics, maybe a law enforcement person in there as well, but, you know, a criminal justice person, to go and interview separately these five police officers. And at first, you're not going to get anything because they're going to be on the defensive, and they may not be forthcoming anyway because of their upcoming trials. The lawyers might say, don't say anything. But you've got to, after the trials or whatever, you've got to find out why they did it. And then we can start working on that problem. There are five of them. If you don't have that data, you're never going to solve the problem. This is, oh, we need new policing training. We need this. We need that. It's all blather. It's a micro problem. Let's get down to it. So I hope the governor of Tennessee will take my advice. 
form that committee and can start investigating now the backgrounds of these individuals and talk to their friends and family and try to assemble why this happened. So we can cut down on this kind of stuff, which again is rare. And that's the memo. All right, President Biden uh, actually got a busy day uh, for the president. He uh, had a meeting of the Competition Council. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds good. Then 3.15 meets with Speaker Kevin McCarthy about the debt ceiling. That is a crucial meeting. Now, it's on Sean Hannity's radio program today. We talked about it extensively. It is posted on BillOReilly.com. If you want to hear the conversation about Biden-McCarthy, that's where you go. And then at night, it's goodbye, Ron Klain. Hello, Jeff Zentz as the White House chief of staff. So there's a little, I guess they'll have hors d'oeuvres and Ron will go out. Everybody will be crying and all of that. So busy day. And uh, Biden may not get into the sack before eight. Ah, that's cheap shot. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the president's beach house was searched today in Rehoboth, Delaware. No documents found. That should have been done a month ago, month and a half ago. Um, but uh, they searched it. Finally, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, the uh, timeline on this investigation. But there you go. Now, uh, something caught my eye yesterday because my thesis here is that President Biden often doesn't know what he's saying, literally does not know what comes out of his mouth. So before he takes off for New York City yesterday to talk about the infrastructure, a reporter asked him this. Go. Catholic bishops are demanding that federal tax dollars not fund abortions. No, they are not all doing that. Nor is the Pope doing that. All right, so that's absurd. Of course, all the bishops and the Pope object to American Catholics paying for abortions. That's not even debatable. And I'll prove it to you. So five days ago, Bishop Michael Burbridge, the chairman of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, issued a statement. Here's what the statement says. Protecting taxpayers from being forced to pay for abortion in violation of their conscience is a principle that has enjoyed historically broad support about Americans, regardless of their otherwise passionately divided views on a topic. And that was five days ago. Okay, there isn't a bishop, a Catholic bishop on earth who could continue in his position if he favored taxpayer-funded abortion. Not one. Pope Francis, considered a liberal pope, here's what he said. This is 2018. I ask you, is it right to do away with a human life in order to solve a problem? Is it right to hire a hitman in order to solve a problem? One cannot. End quote. Now, Biden, he doesn't know any of this. He doesn't know what the Catholic bishop said or what the Pope said, and he doesn't care, even though he's a Catholic. He doesn't care. If he cared, he'd know. So he just spews this stuff out. Oh, no. No, the Catholic bishops don't object to taxpayers funding abortion. Insane. That, and I use that word literally. That's insane. And that's dangerous. The president of the United States doesn't know what he's saying. Now, another uh, very controversial statement. Put it on up. I'll read it for the radio. 
Quote from President Biden. If we don't stay under 1.5 degrees Celsius, we're going to have a real problem. It's the single most existential threat to humanity we've ever faced, including nuclear weapons, unquote. This was said yesterday at a private reception in New York City. Okay, so the Biden administration puts climate change above everything else. And we see it. That's why we're having so many problems economically, because of the attack on the fossil fuel industry. And now it goes into foreign policy. It's worse than the nuke threat. So who better to address this than former Secretary of State and former CIA chief Mike Pompeo joins us now from Virginia. As you know, and you should know if you pay attention, he's got a brand new bestseller, Never Give an Inch, Fighting for the America I Love. I like this book because it's no BS. You know, I mean, most of these political books, uh, very hard to get through them, but that's why I like it. (laughs) Now, we're going to talk about it, Mr. Secretary, in a moment, but I want to get your uh, contemporized uh, opinions on some things that are very important going on right now. The climate change thing. Um, What's your read on that? Well, I think you have it right to put that first amongst all the challenges America faces is in, in just not not logical. It doesn't make any sense. They're, they're driving even more problems than they are creating. We can all figure our way to uh, technology solutions to keeping our air clean and our water safe, but to put climate change at the forefront, to spend hundreds of billions of dollars to regulate the American industry, energy industry out of existence with these ESG rules. It will harm the American economy, and it makes life worse for just about every American. It's an enormous mistake. It's in a misunderstanding of the various threats we face around the world, too. I'm sure we'll talk about China and Chairman Kim and all the, all the bad guys, but make no mistake, it's, it's not the number one threat to the United States of America. Okay. When you were traveling as Secretary of State all over the world, foreign leaders, were they bringing up their concern about climate change as Biden and Kerry and, and at crew does? Were they concerned about it? No, they were frankly happy that we weren't putting it in their face in the way that the Obama administration has and now the Biden administration is doing as well. They, they too, they understand that there may well be a transition, fair enough, affordable energy for everyone makes sense. But no, they, they didn't bring it up. They wanted to actually talk about how we could get American LNG imported and how we could get pipelines running into their country and how the United States could help them with their economy and their security situation. They weren't They weren't putting climate change above everything else. It's only when they gather for these global confabs and fancy places where that is the topic that dominates literally everything else. Okay. Now, on your book tour, you made headlines by saying that you believe there may be a war uh, between China and the United States um, coming on up. Put that in some kind of perspective for us, please. Well, Bill, we've now seen the Department of Defense senior leaders say the same thing. I also talked a lot about the fact that, frankly, the Chinese Communist Party has been at war with the American economy for four decades, and we just literally did nothing about it. We didn't defend our workers. We didn't defend our intellectual property. We thought if we engaged more with the Chinese Communist Party, they'd become more like us when just the opposite has actually taken place. Uh, Xi Jinping, now essentially leader for life in China, has made clear his desire for global hegemony. He wants to to run the world. Pretty straightforward. Uh, We have to make sure that this is a world that is dominated not by Marxist-Leninist ideology in China, but by a set of understandings that have 
created enormous <laughs> amount of wealth and brought billions out of starvation, the system that we know best. Okay. I'm a logical guy, a linear thinker, as are you. I didn't think Putin would go into Ukraine because I knew the unintended consequences were going to come back on Putin, ruin him as a uh, world leader with any credibility, and hurt Russia. So I said, you know, he's saber-rattling, but he won't really do it, and he did it. I bring the same logic to Xi in China. Uh, they got a billion and a half people there, many of whom are basically subsistence people. All right. They live from day to day. They don't have reserves. They don't have bank accounts. They don't have credit cards. They're just living uh, on what they can get that day. Any kind of war generated by China or any kind of action against Taiwan or anything like that immediately slaps sanctions on China, just like Putin. Okay, cripples their economy. And then if it's a shoot war, the whole planet goes (laughs) up into chaos. The communists in Beijing, are they that self-destructive in your opinion? Bill, there's risk that they are. Your, your point on Putin is exactly right. What I think, and your point about being linear and logical is exactly right. What we have to take into account is that these folks just think about human life differently, and they think about their country differently. They're, Chairman Kim in North Korea doesn't give a rip that there's 25 million North Koreans starving. The Ayatollah in Iran doesn't care that his people are suffering. In the same way, Xi Jinping didn't care that 6, 8, 10 million people could die if he allowed this virus to travel across the world. Th- their logic is simply different than ours. It is about power. They certainly want to stay in power, so they've got work to do there. But when you own all the tools, the information space, the surveillance state, the military and the police, you can do lots of things that look to us you, to build to you like, like really stupid blunders like Putin did. And you can do a stupid blunder like that in China and still maintain your capacity to rule. That's, that's the danger is that he will not understand logic the same way that you and I do. But she drew back on the COVID stuff because millions of Chinese took to the streets and it looked to me like Beijing got nervous. They blinked, all right, because he wanted to isolate all the towns, Shanghai and everything else, and basically keep people inside because of the horrible COVID problem they had. He pulled back from that. And a billion and a half people are hard to control. Um, certainly, uh, your time as director of the CIA, you knew how much unrest there was, particularly in Western China, in the Uyghurs and all of that front. I mean, yes, they've got, as you said, all of the power centralized in the hands of the Communist Party. But a billion and a half people don't want you. You're not going to be there. And she has got to be thinking about that, right? Oh, I think he absolutely thinks about it every day. But he doesn't think about it with the same kind of logic that you do, and nor does he apply a risk factor in the same way that that, that we would. Uh, remember Tiananmen Square, right? Chinese people hacked off, uh, all bad. They, they put it down. Remember the protests in Iran in this last, what, six, seven months now? The Iranians managed to put it down. They'll, they'll let, to your point about letting COVID go, they'll let the pressure off. They'll have a little pressure valve release, and then they will crush those that remain in their resistance. I think she believes firmly that he's got the whip hand. And so, you know, he's, he's told the Chinese people that his term reunifying Taiwan with China is the most important thing to their nation. He's propagandized. They now, I think, largely believe it as well. He's got a lot of space to move about the cabin in ways that can put a lot of risk on the United States of America. All right. So if he does invade China, would you be in favor of military action against China by the USA? If he does so invade be, Taiwan. You, you bet. 
Look, it'll be more complicated than that. It, it, in, in my judgment, doesn't look like a, a land assault like we saw in the Pacific Islands. That's hard work. Uh, it'll be more difficult than that. It'll be a little blockade here, a little sea lane challenge there, political influence there. We should be providing Taiwan today with the tools they need to deter this kind of aggression. Thinks mines, think air defense systems, think long-range intelligence capabilities. We should do those things today because when this conflict blows off, if, if she actually makes this mistake, and I do believe it would be a mistake for him, uh, this will end up escalating very quickly. Japan, the Philippines, uh, th this, won't just, this won't just be between China and Taiwan. This will get very complicated. Those are security partners. We're going we're gonna to have to figure out how to deter it. And then if he decides to do it, how we're going to push back against it. Okay, but, but like Russia, China's not going to have any allies at all. Maybe Putin, but that, that's it. Everybody's going to be assembled against China if they invade Taiwan. Now, final question on this front. Putin and Xi, you know them both. Is there a difference in personality? Is one more dangerous than the other? Yeah, they're, they're definitely different. Uh, Putin, one could have a conversation with and believe that he's listening. With Xi Jinping, I never saw that. He was dead-eyed. He was focused. He was ruthless every moment. Putin, you could engage and have a conversation about places we could work together and places that we could not. Very different in that way. The other big difference is Putin has a thousand nuclear warheads. That's serious stuff. But China now has a set of capabilities and an ec economy that just make this threat so much greater. Now, you don't think Putin would use the nukes, though. He's not that nutty, is he? He's, that would be insane. I don't think so. But every day it goes on, Bill, I worry. Every, every day that continues and there's a cycle of escalation and if Russia continues to have the difficulties it's had, it's not unimaginable that he would do something that is at least the rough equivalent of that. Think about the nuclear power plant in Zaporizhia. Now, there's lots of tools that Putin has that are just devastating. And I hope we can bring it to a conclusion fast so that we don't continue to face this problem. We get a permanent laydown of the weapons there. I don't know about that, but in order for Putin to use a nuke as far as an offensive nuke, the military, Russian military, would have to go along with it. He can't just yeah. do it on his own. Um, I'm not sure the Russian military would do that. How about you? Don't know the answer to that. Um, I've seen lots of different reporting, even as my time as CIA director. It's not clear. Remember, you only need a small handful, and you shouldn't forget either a big piece of the Russian military today is being outsourced to this group called the Wagner Group, a private military by a guy yeah, named mercenaries. Yeah. yeah, mercenaries, a guy named Fergozin running it. This guy is absolutely pure evil. Might he run it through that process and avoid his whole military chain of command? We, we shouldn't discount these things. That's why you have to provide the Ukrainians with the tools they need to bring this to a conclusion as quickly as we can. Speculative question I don't like asking, but I have to. Trump says if he were still president, if he were reelected, there would not have been an invasion of Ukraine. Do you believe that? My best evidence to support that claim is that it didn't happen on our watch. Bill Putin didn't change. His desire for greater Russia existed when we were there, too. He took a fifth of Ukraine under President Obama. He took zero percent of Ukraine under President Trump and myself, and he went back at it as soon as we left. There's there's my best argument for why I believe we could have continued the deterrence that we had for our four years. Did uh, was there ever a time during the Trump administration when you felt that Putin was going to invade Ukraine? Was that on the table? No, there was no time that I, no that time. I can recall okay. Putin was seriously considering it. 
All right. Um, let's go to the book. So Nikki Haley announced today she's running for president. My analysis is she can't raise the money to really do a competitive job this time around. She knows it. All she wants to do is get known for down the road. Um, doesn't really have much of a chance. In your book, you don't speak that uh, highly of the ambassador, a former ambassador to the U.N. Uh, you want to just I don't want to put words in your mouth. Tell me what you think. So my comments in the book were about the fact that in the Trump administration, Bill, you know this, there are a lot of folks saying, I don't want to be anywhere near it. Everything that President Trump touches, the people around him all end up worse off than they began. And there were too many people who quit, who weren't on the mission, who were about something other than America and the task that they had in front of them. And so I had this incredible privilege to be a CIA director and then Secretary of State. I wouldn't have quit for nothing. I literally, every second I had mattered and I stayed focused on the mission. There were others who came in they say they had important jobs, and in 18 months, two years, they decided, I've had enough. I'm going to go on with my life. I just have no time for those folks. All right. So you didn't think she was loyal enough to the cause of America first. Would that be a fair summation? That's absolutely true. You have to be on the team, and you have to care about America enough to work through whatever might be impacting you personally. Okay. So Donald Trump uh, yesterday sues uh, Bob Woodward, and the reason I'm bringing this up is that you have a portion in your book, which is pretty funny. Um, uh, for $49 million. And, and Trump's got a case because of there were tapes that Simon and Schuster, the publisher, used that Trump did not say uh, they could use, and they put out another money-making thing off it. That's what it's really about. But yeah. Trump ordered you uh, to talk to Woodward. You may not know this, but right before that, I talked to Trump. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, you know, I know him for a long period of time, longer of than course. I think you know him. Uh, sure. And I told him, you're insane to to cooperate with Woodward because I know the book publishing industry and you got to put together, as you and I both did, a proposal. This is what my book's <laughs> going to be about. And if you put a proposal to Simon & Schuster, like I'm going to say great things about Donald Trump, they're not going to give you $5 million, all right? If you say I'm going to bring them down again, then you'll get the money. So I said, why are you doing that? And he goes, well, I want to get my site out anyway. So he, order, he orders you as Secretary of State to talk to Woodward. You tell <laughs> the story. True. You tell the uh, story. He did. Well, you, you, I'm laughing so hard because, Bill, that's so funny. I didn't know the other side of this story, the front end. At the back end, I'd said exactly the same thing. What on earth are you talking to him for? He says, no, no, no. We got to tell our side of the story. He wants to talk to you. I said, I don't have time. I'm too busy. He says, talk to him. So uh, I did. I, so I was directed. I, I called Bob Woodward. A president actually gave me his cell phone number. Uh, and called him and said, I'm happy to meet with you. My only slot available is tomorrow morning. I can't remember, five or six o'clock, hopefully too early. He wouldn't want to be there. But damn, if he didn't show up, uh, I told him he had 15 minutes. He, he said, but the president gave me three hours or four hours. And I said, uh, yes, you have 13 minutes left. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, just, I just, Bill, you know this. Right? I, there was just no upside to this. Not, I'm not about right. me. There was no upside to this for what we were trying to accomplish. And you didn't give him anything, right? I don't think I gave him a darn thing. When he wrote, there wasn't much about me in it other than what others had said. Yeah. And was he looking to hit Trump? <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. He came in claiming to be my best friend. And the truth, he was doing his best to make me think that I should dump on my boss. And I wasn't right. going to have, I just didn't have, I had no energy time. And it's not the right thing to do. There's no doubt about that, what he uh, wanted to do. Okay. Now, um, are you going to run for president, Mr. Secretary? Can't answer that just yet, Bill. We're thinking our way through it. We, my wife Susan and me, uh, shortly we'll have our answer. And you'll either see us hanging out in Dubuque and Cedar Falls and all the great places there in Manchester, New Hampshire, 
or we'll be back uh, living our life like we did before I lost my mind and ran for Congress. Stay now, tuned. when do you think that you would have to make a decision on that? Probably the next few months. So not not terribly far off. Think uh, think late spring, early summer when we'll have to begin to build the team. You, your point about money a little bit earlier, the resources to right. go make the case and compete effectively. Okay. You're willing to go up against Trump? I mean, you know, he, he doesn't like people uh, going up against him, as we saw with DeSantis yesterday. Yeah, no, he'll, he's already suggested that someone who runs against him who served would be disloyal. I just, I don't see it that way. This isn't about him or me. It's about the country. And yeah, well, certainly, I'm, I'm happy to run. There'll be lots of folks get in. Uh, we should all go make our case if we're going to run and let the American people sort it all out. Yeah, you certainly have the experience and you're an honest guy. I can tell uh, th that. I'm going to tell the story not long. Um, you know, the secretary's book, Never Give an Inch, is a big bestseller. Well, when I was writing Killing the Killers, and I don't think you're going to mind me saying this, um, no, I called the secretary because we, we did extensive research in that book, The Secret War on Terrorism, the key word being secret, okay, because <laughs> I didn't know any of this stuff. And you were very, very helpful to us. Extreme, and everything you said checked out. There were other <laughs> people who I talked to, and they gave me good stuff, but it didn't really check because we had to check what you said just to make sure that every word in Killing the Killers is true, which every word is. So I, <laughs> that's what really sold me on you. Yeah. I said, this guy is yeah. telling me the truth about it, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, well, I appreciate we, that, Bill. By the way, that's a great book, too. It's a great read. Thank you. And uh, wouldn't have ever happened without your help. Okay, Mike Pompeo, there he is. I hope you come back. I want to talk about Mexico. I didn't have time tonight, but I feel Mexico is a threat to the United States. So if you have time in the next uh, few weeks, let us know. I'll, I'll do a Mexico segment and plug your book again. Uh, it's doing very, very well. I want people to check it out. And it's always a pleasure to see you, Mr. Secretary. Thanks again for helping us. Thank you very much, Bill. Have a good day. Okay. All right. The State University of New York has 64 different college campuses. In order to graduate from any of them, students are now going to have to pass a course called Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Social Justice. Okay? You have to take it. Now, what this is is the role that complex networks of social structures and systems play in the creation and perpetuation of the dynamics of power, privilege, oppression, and opportunity. Okay, you know what this is. So this is, they're not going to invite me to teach this course. And I just think it, this is, I would not send my urchins to any school that had this as a requirement to graduate. And I'll give you some private. Drake University in Des Moines. Okay, Brandeis in Massachusetts. Villanova, how disappointing. Villanova is going totally woke. Villanova, Loyola in Baltimore, same thing. Totally woke. Oh, University of Massachusetts, we expect that there. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA 
are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Makes me crazy. San Diego Unified School District had a ceremony today honoring Black History Month. They raised the Black Lives Matter flag. What an insult to every San Diegan. Black Lives Matter is a Marxist organization that believes the traditional family should be disassembled. The traditional family, San Diego Unified School District, they don't want it. And you're waving their flag? Awful. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Smart life. So we were talking about inheritance leaving the urchin's money. Marie Osmond says, no way. Few other people, the same thing. Here's what Kelsey Grammer says. My kids are going to get their inheritance. Uh, if, if the United States has decided they don't want to give it to them, we'll go someplace else. <laughs> like, you know, I got I to gotta make sure that they're, that they're well cared for because that's my job. 
I think Mr. Grammer might have seen my message of the day on this. Uh, he, he is a uh, BillOReilly.com um, subscriber, or he uses our services. But uh, the more people speak out about this issue, uh, the clearer it becomes. If your children, grandchildren are not good people, do not enable them by giving them money. And that's your right to make that determination. But if they are good people, then you got to protect them, even when you die. I mean, it's a simple equation, and it's important. This day in history, February 1st, 1982, Late Night with David Letterman appeared, okay, premiered on NBC. So I appeared with Letterman 16 times. He didn't have the beard then. If he did, I would have tugged it. And when I first went in there, it was a little tense. Roll it. Our first guest is the author of this uh, current uh, bestseller book. It's entitled uh, Culture Warrior. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Bill O'Reilly. Bill, come on now. Combat. Yeah, that's, that's cute. That's nice. You come out, come out with toys. Uh, uh, how's it going? Uh, and I, am I right about one thing? Uh, you guys uh, over there at Fox and guys like Rush Limbaugh, uh, you, you guys know it's all just a goof, right? You're just, you're just, you're just horsing around. Am, am I right about that? You're, you're doing it because you know it'll be entertaining. What are we doing exactly, though? You, you, uh, well, see, here again you got me, because I've never seen... <laughs> see, you don't, you've never seen the show. Yeah, you I don't watch it now. I'll tell you something, I don't even know how to get to your show. <laughs> okay, so it went on and on, but it was funny and entertaining, good television. And as I said, it was on 16 times. And right before uh, Letterman retired, he invited me on for a final time. Roll it. Can I, can I say something before? Yes, please do. Look, uh, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, You know Big what? In a, Letterman and I over the years have sparred around, and we've had a little contention in this and that, but he always had me back. I always got my say, uh, and, I, and I'm happy to be on here and, and to say you farewell, and That's I hope you do really very, well. very kind of you. You've always been a great guest. Thank you. So I did detente there with him. When I first went in, and this is interesting, I mean, he just, he's a very liberal man, okay. And he just loathed Fox News and me and all of that. And I got letters from you. Why are you bothering? He's insulting you. And, it's, and I said, look, I'm, I'm going to convince him. I'm going to turn him around. And I did. I mean, you don't go on uh, Late Night with David Letterman 16 times unless he likes you. And the ratings were good, yes, all right. But it was a good back and forth. And, and I never thought... Unlike Colbert, who is just a nasty individual. I never thought Letterman was a hater. I thought he was indoctrinated, but I, I, I thought I could break him down, and I did. I absolutely did. At the end, um, you saw it. I mean, and it was worth it for me to do that because I spread the message. Now, tonight, again, I'm going to be on News Nation Chris Cuomo. It's the same thing. All right? He gives me a lot of time. I get my message across. All right. And it's back and forth and people can watch it and see who's got the stronger argument. So that's eight o'clock tonight. News Nation. I will be there. Quick break. Back with mail and a final thought. 
All right, here's some mail. Uh, let's go to Julie. It's about time someone sues Bob Woodward, and I don't think it will hurt Donald Trump. Bill, I'm surprised you think Trump has brought all this chaos on himself. I didn't say that. He brought it on himself. But he needs to pick his battles, because if you have a controversy du jour, it exhausts people. Hugh Oldham, Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, as Vietnam bet, from experience, I know why the Memphis police officers acted the way they did. They are in an active war zone. We kid ourselves when we're shocked when rational thought is missing in these violent situations. You see, I respect your service, Hugh. You know I do. But you and all the other Vietnam vets didn't do atrocities, okay? And 99.999% of police officers in the USA in the worst conditions don't do atrocities. So it's not an excuse. Maria Berms, Costa Mesa, California. The Ben Ferguson analysis of the awful mental police situation is the best I've heard. That is why we are here, Maria. We are bringing you... You compare that interview I just did, okay, with Mike Pompeo to any other interview he's done. Just compare it. You have to see the difference. Marilyn Ayers, Liberty Lake, Washington. Um, the great spa in the sky awaits us all. That brought a smile to my face. That was the message of the day about baby boomers getting older and expiring. I hope everybody read it on BillOReilly.com. George, concierge member, George gets direct access to me. When the NFL refused to do anything about players kneeling, I walked away. You know, look, I respect that. Um, it was outrageous what happened. I respect it. But it's the game. And the NFL is a monopoly. I like the game and I watch the game. Um, I didn't like what they did with the kneeling, that's for sure. Amy Gottwait, Royalton, Minnesota, just Ordered my no-spin coffee mug. You're not kidding when you say these mugs have lifetime quality. I got a little chip in one of mine. It's 10 years old. And I was like, what? But we have the best mugs on earth. Um, we also had the best shirts, the new polos. I just got two of them myself. Uh, no-spin. We have uh, blue, navy blue, and white. Check them out. Killing the Witches, uh, the new uh, killing book out in September. You can pre-order. Uh, you will like this book. It will surprise you. It may shock you. Word of the day, no temerity, T-E-M-E-R-I-T-Y. When writing to me, bill at billoreilly.com, bill at billoreilly.com. Name and town if you wish to opine. Write back with a final thought. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. Tom Brady retires today, age 45, uh, 23 years in the National Football League. Super Bowl appearances 10, Super Bowl wins 7, best quarterback ever. Um, this is a achieved excellence story. Not the most gifted quarterback. He achieved excellence by mental and physical discipline. This is how he did it. Now, could I do what he did? I was a quarterback. No. I mean, the, the regiment that he set up is, is something like, well, but it was worth it to him to be the best, and he is. So we applaud the achievement of excellence in every field. This is very important, and I teach this to my, to my urchins. You are, were born with talent. Every human being is. This is why I believe in God. This simple, very simple, I'm a very simple man, 
linear thing. Every human being, even people with disabilities, mental disabilities, they all have talent, innate talent. Everyone. You find it. That's the key to life. You find what you're good at. And then you turn it into a profession. Then the only thing that will stop you is if you divert yourself into substance or you become, you know, a lunatic. But then in America, you have the pursuit of happiness, the opportunity to rise. So what Brady did, he was the last guy taken in what they call the NFL draft. I mean, nobody thought he was going to be anything. All right. And what he did was he just worked his butt off. And, and when I say worked, it wasn't just doing sit-ups and throwing passes. Changed his diet. I mean, he had everything going for him. And then he, under pressure, came through. Now, that takes courage. All right? People crack under pressure. They do so because they're afraid. And courage is something you can summon up. can't be taught. But... It's easier to be cowardly than it is to be courageous. It's much easier to be cowardly and shrink away. And Brady had all of that. So when I watched him over the years, I know him a little bit. I met him at the Kentucky Derby. It was very kind, very nice to my daughter. It was a big equestrian at the time. And Brady, Brady sent me a signed jersey. I mean, he's a, he's a good guy, um, smart guy, good family, Irish Catholic family, and, you know, I connected with him on that level, and I'm sorry that he's gone through some hardships personally. If I was his advisor, which I am certainly not, I would say keep your private life as quiet as you can. That's never a good thing for any celebrity, ever. It never works out. Just be private, private, private. There's a reason why it's called a private life, okay? Press gets a wind of that, no good. But Brady, I think, is a person to be studied, even if you don't like football or sports or anything like that. I mean, what he did, he turned himself into the greatest. He made himself the greatest. I mean, it's extraordinary. So he's saying goodbye. Fox is paying him gazillions of dollars to do uh, commentary. I don't know if he's going to be good at that or not. But, you know, if he puts half the energy in that he put into the sport, you'll be close to the best. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News this evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming, might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt. A billion. Whether you're in the hole for $10,000 or $10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you.